chapter thirty one of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter thirty one leah made no farther attempt to decivilize jim he was too engrossed in egyptian flesh-pots to set out for the promised land of splendid adventure and elizabethan enterprise in his clay there did lurk a spark of that promethean fire which melting meaner aims into one passionate purpose to explore the world and exploit the world has made england great unfortunately it could not be fanned into anything resembling a flame the cucumbers the melons the leeks and the garlic of civilization appealed to him insistently and even if he did betake himself to roaming unfenced wastes he certainly would not number a wife amongst his luggage moreover and this she knew by instinct his basic qualities were markedly those of the homing kind this being so a few months of tent and road would be used by him as a relish to increased appreciation of the cedar chambers and painted halls wherein his cradle had been rocked it was clearly impossible to make a silken purse out of this particular sow's ear so jim drowsed very contentedly beside the fire while his wife out of sheer ennui chased piccadilly butterflies or sat in her ducal niche to be bored with social adoration but one thing rendered life endurable to leah pentland at this juncture and that was her coming opportunity to exhaust the enjoyable now that the days of compulsory sorrow were ended she had plenty to do and ample funds for the doing at firmingham the new king and queen celebrated christmas new style with celebrants who were but doubtfully informed as to the why and wherefore of the festival certainly jim and his comus rout invaded church on the holy day and yawned impatiently through liturgy and sermon but this was a concession to county prejudices leah would tolerate no santa claus tree no druidical decorations and no modernized mumming of the middle ages these out-of-date enjoyments were replaced by political and poetical tableaux by amateur renderings of smart french and dismal russian plays and by the kitchen lancers when riotous cakewalks palled imported musicians in an incorrect foreign uniform played grieg's melodies tchaikovsky's weird sound poems and that nerve-exhausting music of the present by herr wagner which has now arrived at its future for the uncouth carol of innocent victorian days was substituted Sousa's clanging marches comic songs clean but inane and catchy airs from the newest vaudeville miscalled musical comedy out-of-door sports included skating on artificial ice since it was a green christmas 
motor-car races attempts at golf and polo-playing riding driving and sauntering flirtations while bridge circulated the guests money at odd moments it was truly wonderful to see how completely these nominal christians had substituted a heathen festival of some sort for the orthodox pleasures of tradition the participants in the orgy were all smart and all blasé perfectly dressed and triumphantly selfish with that careful avoidance of spoken appreciation which marks the modern trifler they took leave of the duchess with the remark that her notion of what yuletide should be was not half bad a week of dull sundays so to speak had been got through capitally nothing frumpish about the thing pronounced mrs penworthy who had been asked to gratify jim and who had been found woefully wanting in snap every one was quite up to scratch leah pentland did simply ripping off her own the little woman was not talking an unknown language for the latest successor to algy understood her excellently well she spoke the gibberish of those in a hurry which she had taken some pains to acquire the very few words in the dictionary used by the fashionable were dropped into the melting-pot and came out in ungrammatical lumps of misused adjectives and verbs with a paucity of pronouns and prepositions mrs penworthy whose sense of humour was strong had proposed that lionel should translate the bible into this time-saving vernacular so that its spiritual meaning could be arrived at by those who thought the verse of milton and the prose of bacon starchy wouldn't hear of it said she to algy's latest successor while munching american sweets in the up-going train told him it would be spiffing to fetch the psalms up to mark but he didn't catch on somehow wonder the duchess can stand him with his horrid correctness she's fond of doing herself well thought the duchess had rather a shoppin face replied the man meaning that his hostess had looked worried don't know why she should got heaps of cake to chew might be she missed demetrius where say hang out don't know went prancing off on his own got a puff the inheritor of algy's shoes provided the lady with a cigarette fancied she cottoned to thaskew chap he remarked striking a match sure she did oh rather aksakoff let on to me bout the boy jumping paris to get fixed british embassy fixings you know leah pentland didn't bring it off somehow lucky for her seeing jim wasn't a goner we really could not have received her ended mrs penworthy then aware that she had lapsed into decent english corrected her mistake mean we couldn't have let her chip into our game like the duchess inquired her companion languidly don't know quite saucy and swagger and all that freezes a bit what talks like a book you know awfully expensive rattle the man nodded thought she wasn't up to dick dare say she'll spin along on her own freely when the hump's off hump she hasn't got the hump or the needle either very saucy hump insisted the male linguist quite birdish sorry the old duke and frith hopped maybe how very unnatural sighed mrs penworthy reverting to english in her disgust quite too awful to think how luck hooks on to her really makes one wish to be a bad woman to see how she lands the salmon she finished more creditably 
algy's latest successor was right for once in his life of mistakes leah was not entirely her own brilliant self notwithstanding that successful inauguration of the new era the early excitement consequent on the conversation with aksakoff had died away and again she felt the old haunting fear of the possible but this absurd mood she hoped would pass away when the test came facing her enemies male and female she would doubtless fight like a cornered rat and would conquer from sheer determination not to be beaten nevertheless this period of suspense was trying to one who had no listener and who could not talk herself into heroics by mere monologues a confident but necessary only to the weaker part of her character since her deepest feelings had advised her that pure strength must needs be solitary she was an oak not an ivy and unknowingly agreed with emerson as to the vitiating effects of comfortable circumstances cast the bantling on the rocks sang the seer of concord and leah indubitably squirmed thereon as jim had informed her in his simple way in a conversation now apparently some centuries old every month's a year now sighed leah wearily however pending a possible fight for her social throne the duchess made the very best of the passing hour after the pagan entertainment of the winter solstice she endured the gorging christianity of a few belated country houses whose inhabitants were still eating in honour of a birth which had taken place some two thousand years ago as a book they seldom read assured them she went alone to these vitalian feasts as jim was off the chain until such time as he would be needed to play duke during the season the aristocratic prodigal's reformation was but skin deep and the late whitewash soon wore off to show the unchanged black fleece since he began with the zeal of a newly uniformed subaltern to poach on various matrimonial manners mrs penworthy he had naturally grown tired of as she preferred syndicates to partnerships so he placed his tried affections on lady sandal who was horsey and doggy and tremendously expensive on account of her betting craze she and jim talked kennels and stables discussing their very unplatonic loves between times and found each other kindred gutter-snipes of the earthly sensual kind leah speedily informed by a feminine tide-wind of this new amusement of jim's four-and-twenty leisure hours did not object or even hint her knowledge of his backsliding it kept him out of her way and lord sandal a nero with limitations who dwelt in a superlative glass-house was not likely to submit his wife's latest sin to the fierce light which beats upon the divorce court witness-box nothing could be more satisfactory to a woman who wanted complete freedom and leah again thanked the agreeable fetish for making straight her very crooked paths but all this time the sword dangled over leah's head and its menace became so insupportable that she wished the single hair would give way to decide brusquely for hit or miss her desire was gratified on the very night when she made her curtsy to the sovereigns having created an immense impression the duchess with eyes as radiant as the family diamonds crowning her imperial head returned at midnight to her home in the company of a purring husband jim really felt that leah had upheld the family name with her insolent beauty and moreover was quite the grandest-looking woman in london or out of it when they arrived in their own drawing-room and she had emerged a royal court butterfly from the chrysalis of her cloak he turned abruptly and took her in his arms with the hug of a bear 
leah he murmured hoarsely oh leah and kissed her fair on the mouth with the kiss of pan but only once did he exercise that connubial privilege for she released herself roughly with a sense of intolerable outrage isn't it rather late in the day she asked scornful and angry upon my word leah i'd be a good husband to you if you would only let me oh as an over-married turk i am sure you would be admirable i know you disapprove of monogamy what the deuce is that something that the church encourages and society shirks the sander woman can explain the objection jim winced at her knowledge of his latest love you said that i belonged to you he reminded her sulkily officially may i ask the reason for this sudden devotion you look so rippin thanks for the belated compliment i am aware that your love is dependent upon the eye and what else should it be dependent upon the heart may have something to do with it you know or rather you do not know since our conversation when i asked you to buy a yacht i have given up trying to educate you in the affections i'll buy a yacht now a dozen yachts to please you oh said the duchess with a cold smile so that epsom new market woman has been nasty jim uttered a bad word under his breath and flung out of the room in a pet i'll play at the club till all's blue he called out while banging the door and a minute later she heard the butler whistle for a hansom the deserted wife was perfectly aware that jim's sudden admiration arose from pride of proprietorship and objected to be cajoled into righteous matrimonial principles on such terms as it was scarcely one o'clock she seated herself to consider if it would be worth while to lift her uxorious pig out of the mire he loved a footman with a salver interrupted these creditable meditations a lady called twice to see your grace this evening said the man presenting a visiting-card and has now called again the duchess lifted her eyebrows as she lifted the card at this hour the lady says her business is important your grace what business here her eyes fell on the card and a swift alteration of expression changed her into a different and harder woman ask mademoiselle aksakoff to join me here she ordered abruptly the sword had not yet dropped but the hair could not suspend it much longer katinka was in england in london in her house and demetrius what of him why had he not come also leah asked herself these questions with brutal directness resolved to shirk nothing of the imminent danger after the first dash of dismay her nerves braced themselves for the ordeal and she advanced to greet mademoiselle aksakoff with a conventional smile meaning nothing and yet everything this gave place to an amazed look when she beheld the haggard antagonist with whom she had to cross swords my dear girl what have you been doing with yourself she might well ask katinka was no longer the demure nun but a fierce goaded creature of the feline tribe dressed quietly in unrelieved black hatted cloaked and gloved she presented the appearance of one sorely tried in the fiery furnace of affliction and less lucky than daniel's brethren that thin worn face those hollow eyes the wry mouth the dark hair plentifully bestreaked with grey she was demoralised uncanny and aggressively cruel in a flash the duchess knew that this untimely visitor knew the truth and was prepared to do battle 
no quarter would be given by katinka aksakoff and leah with a deep breath braced herself for an armageddon duel the contrast between the dowdy russian girl and the magnificently arrayed woman lay entirely in the garb otherwise they were cats of the wildest their faces took on a marked resemblance a stealthy cunning sly guarded expression effaced their ordinary looks if katinka's eyes gleamed dangerously so did those of leah if leah held herself like a pantheress about to spring so did katinka in that splendid room two prehistoric creatures were about to fight over the male here indeed was woman the female of man civilization was nowhere you know why i have come asked katinka in a voice as hard as her eyes and those might have been fashioned of granite leah with flattened ears so to speak professed ignorance she did not intend to criticise until fully aware of facts a shake of her head conveyed the denial and brought forth one bitter word liar the duchess glanced towards the door remembering that the servants had not yet retired and might be within earshot would you mind speaking in a lower tone she suggested between her teeth for the insult struck home sit down ordered katinka imperiously i prefer to stand retorted her antagonist fighting for the inch mademoiselle aksakoff advanced one step and her eyes probed those of the duchess without words the situation was adjusted and in leah's favour for the russian suddenly sat down with a quick indrawn breath by that action the woman who had done the wrong knew that she was the stronger of the two and a tyrannical instinct to bully the weak rose hotly in her breast what do you mean by coming at this late hour and misbehaving she demanded harshly you know well what i mean pardon me i never profess to understand the vagaries of a mad woman at this brutal speech katinka's hand shot into her pocket but leah did not move a weapon she asked sneeringly that would be quite in keeping with your blatant nationality foreigners are so fond of the melodramatic the girl withdrew her hand quietly you are too poor a creature to kill lady james leah smiled at the old title and passed the remark with a contemptuous shrug later on perhaps who knows who indeed it is impossible to foresee what an hysterical lunatic will do do you propose to shoot or stab me or to blow me up i understand that bombs are favoured in your happy country the crude hostility of this speech was plainly intended to infuriate the slav woman but it missed the mark aimed at katinka looked at the mocker gravely how afraid you are leah shrugged again the remark was too futile to be commented upon yes you are went on the other a trifle roused else you would have me turned out by your servants later on perhaps who knows repeated the duchess using the girl's own words then continued soothingly no i shall not call the servants and make a scandal since your father is my friend your accomplice lady james what an unpleasant word and how very unsuitable for what you did in paris i did nothing in paris to deserve such a word perhaps you mean something else you foreigners know the grammar of english but rarely the meaning of words i remarked the same defect in your father i have no father indeed i have not yet heard of his death your 
misunderstanding of my meaning is pretence ignorance i assure you and as it grows late and i am tired may i ask you to explain your business i can do so in one word demetrius katinka rose to give full force of expression to the name and her voice rose with the utterance leah remained perfectly calm and indulged in badinage demetrius oh yes that horrid little man with the waxed moustache a doctor or a chemist wasn't he your lover oh no i have no use for that sort of person if i had i should certainly not pick one out of the gutter demetrius yes she went on musingly but watchful of her enemy i had almost forgotten him he went to st petersburg didn't he and you loved him i remember a queer choice i thought at the time well have you married him it grows late and you are tired mocked katinka successfully keeping her temper and thereby disappointing the duchess we had better not waste time leah yawned it seems to me that we have been doing nothing else since you came in demetrius is in england really how very interesting as doctor or prince as an escaped siberian felon no leah's face assumed a skilful expression of mingled pity and horror poor little man he was mad to go to russia i thought so when i read his letter which i sent you the forged letter don't be silly one would think you were on the stage katinka bit her lip to prevent furious speech and locked her arms behind her as though she feared lest temper should engender violence leah noted her expression however and retreated towards the bell you are talking nonsense she said coldly as much as i respect your father i shall certainly summon the servants to put you out unless you go at once i shall not go and you shall not order your servants to put me out cried katinka fiercely i defy you to press the button of the bell with a feeling that the girl has scored on this occasion leah withdrew her hand making the usual excuse for your father's sake i spare you the indignity i repeat that i have no father and i repeat that i am tired what do you want you must arrange with me to see constantine who is constantine you know i do not you do their eyes met and this time leah won the victory over a woman obviously worn out constantine is demetrius explained the russian in a fatigued voice and closing her eyes oh my god she dropped into her seat with a low wail and covered her face leah heard the clock strike the half-hour through the sobs of her visitor she was absolutely sure that katinka was at her mercy and wished to dismiss her beaten and crushed but first it was necessary to learn why demetrius had not come also leah moved swiftly towards the broken creature and laid a firm hand on her heaving shoulder my dear she got no further with the elusive spring of a wild animal katinka flung off the hand reared and struck out the blow fell fairly on leah's mouth and she found herself mopping up the blood of a deeply cut lip before she had any clear idea of what had taken place oh you liar you beast you devil cried the russian with the savagery of a kalmuck tent woman i could kill you kill you mad mumbled leah with the lace handkerchief to her lips i am sane retorted the other swiftly i know all you lured constantine to paris you sold him to my father to hide your iniquity i saw helfmann the spy do you hear the spy i bribed him it took months to bribe him but in the end i bought the truth my father shame to my father drugged constantine at your table and helfmann as a sham doctor took him to havre to kronstadt to moscow 
the grand duke sergius here she spat when mentioning the hated name yes he that beast of beasts sent him to siberia for life ah for life do you hear judas jezebel animal that you are i followed there i followed the man i loved and who did not love you muttered the duchess rocking with the pain of her swollen and bleeding lips she had seated herself by this time and did not seek to stem the torrents of insults and why katinka flung back her head and her nostrils dilated because you stole his heart that he might do your evil bidding but he loves me now with all his heart and soul he loves me now i went to tomsk to aid his escape i followed to sakhalin i waited and waited eating my heart out oh my heart she laid her hand on her breast oh my breaking heart we escaped he did i did we escaped do you hear you who sold him there were months of terror and sorrow and cruel cold but god was good he was kinder than man more merciful than you who damned a soul to that frozen hell god the good god whom i adore and worship she fell on her knees striking her hands together he aided us to reach the waiting ship of strange and strange leah rose shaken and sick strange katinka leaped up to face her the man you bribed with six thousand pounds to take your sin on his soul i know all about your wickedness strange knows constantine knows we will tell the world what we know and you shamed disgraced beaten hounded out of your world ah down will you fall fall unless unless leah gripping a chair and swaying looked up unless you come to south end to see constantine i refuse then i tell everything i go to your husband leah in spite of her pain laughed at the idea i go to your police i tell stop i shall come since you insist upon it i do constantine likewise he is ill very ill his eyes are blinded by the glare of the snows whither you sent him he is oh my poor angel my patient saint he is stopping abruptly she looked with an evil eye at the woman she had so shamefully marked i will leave you to see the wreck you have made of him you will come the duchess nodded but i can explain all she mumbled explain it then to constantine said her enemy contemptuously i go now meet me to-morrow at liverpool street station at the barrier we can go to south end by the five o'clock train constantine is on board strange's ship which lies off south end ah then you mean to carry you away no you are not worth it leah's indomitable courage quelled for the moment blazed up fiercely she forgot her pain her disfigured mouth and faced katinka in a blind rage you you she clenched her hands and panted like a spent runner you have said all i agree to all the russian looked at the wounded mouth with a cruel calm smile then sauntered deliberately to the door there she smiled still more serenely pointed a mocking finger at her enemy's wry mouth and slipped away without a word and almost without a sound leah sprang to the mirror had this woman marred her beauty the mouth was swollen the lips still bleeding there were wounds within and without and a rather loose tooth leah could have howled aloud at the shame the humiliation of her defeat that she should be struck beaten mastered she of all women she she ah she cried but softly mindful of danger then the thought came to her that she would have to account for her damaged mouth and with the thought came enlightenment passing quickly out of the room she ascended the stairs rapidly to her room half way up she stumbled and fell the footman hearing the fall ran up and lifted her 
he saw that her mouth was bleeding natural enough oh perfectly natural it's them beastly long trains explained the footman in the servants hall End of chapter thirty one